tell me about it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Tell Me About It. I'm Gemma. And I'm Holly. And today we're just doing another little quickie episode. Uh, so that's going to be two random topics picked from randomlists.com. And then we're going to go ahead and find five facts about each one. We'll try and count them this time. I think we were pretty good last time, though. <laughs> um, approximately five. Approximately five. Mm, all consideration taken, no care or responsibility, though. <laughs> Between um, five and ten, no more than ten. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, no, not ten. I'm not doing ten. Um, <laughs> not today. Yeah. So two random topics. These topics, we have no idea what they're going to come up with. Um, the there's over two hundred on the website we use, and picks two randomly. So um, we're going to get started doing that today, and let's go. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. Take it away. Cool. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so the two topics Ooh. have come up are tobacco and spinning. Which one do you want to do? Look, I'm going to go spinning. I have no idea what it's referring to, but I'm going to challenge myself this time. Okay, you're going to go spinning. I'm going to go tobacco, which is for anyone that knows um, me personally is hilarious because my husband is like, an incredible smoker. So, um, yeah, let's let so let's find some facts. Yeah, let's find some facts. We'll talk to you guys very shortly. All right, so we're back. We've got our facts ready. So our two topics were tobacco and spinning. And so I found some facts about tobacco. Just a little disclaimer that this is all sort of factual entertainment value it's nothing about health or well-being um you should make those decisions yourself and do your own research for those sort of things but i feel like Mm -hmm. the um information is pretty readily available with that topic so (laughs) if you haven't taken a hint then um it is what it is that's that's your own (laughs) choice would you agree (laughs) make good decisions (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And then um, Holly's topic was spinning. Yes. So I think you went first last time. So do you want me to go first I this time? I think so. Yeah, it sounds okay. good. You should tell me about tobacco. So I'm not sure. This isn't one of my fun facts, but I'm not sure if you knew, but Australia has a massive issue with wild tobacco. It's not considered a invasive or restrictive plant, but we've got a lot of yeah. it. And the idea is that you're supposed to take all reasonable measures to try and get rid of it if it's on your property. And there's Is it some... because that you could turn it into like normal tobacco? Uh, I don't think you're allowed to smoke it, but oh, there was okay. a few things in there that said that it had like nine times more nicotine in it than um, like the traditional species of tobacco. That's and I was bonkers. like. Ooh, geez oh, that sounds like a bad time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, and there's heaps of different names for it, like flannel weed and, and bug weed and all this sort of stuff. And there's like heaps and heaps of species of tobacco as a plant. I think there's like thousands of them actually. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I, well, I only know it just because we have to chop down tobacco trees like on our property that we live on. Um, so it's so is that what it grows? Is that how it grows? Trees. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I sometimes it, I expected it like a bush. Yeah. Sometimes it's sort of like a bush. It just it depends on the species. So like one of my facts, it's a plant, the same plant family as tomatoes and peppers. No way. Yes. It's in the, oh, I'm not even going to have a go at trying to say the family. <laughs> it starts with S, but it's the same family like plant family as tomatoes and peppers. So that's one of my fun facts. Um, Mm. It's also one of the few crops in world trade that's specific on a leaf basis. Like we don't use any other part of it. It's just the leaves. And it's the most grown plant in the world that's not used for food. Wow. That's, yeah, that's impressive. It's a big industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge industry. My next thing I was like, I wonder when they had like the first evidence recorded of when they started using tobacco. Do you get what I mean? And so they reckon the cultivation of it began in 5000 BC and that was in central Mexico when they started doing like maize-based agriculture. So like when they started actually yeah. farming it. And so that's when they started actually planting a lot of trees for the cultivation because it was a lot of the um, Americas and Native Americans that were using the tobacco for like religious purposes and things like that. So um, for like ceremonies and things or it didn't really yeah. say? Yeah. And so they were using it for hundreds and hundreds of years before it was actually like cultivate as like a smoking product does that make sense like yeah like this they they it's one of those things where i think you wouldn't know until you started smoking it that you're like ah this has that effect yeah that's it and so like early in the history of it everyone was using it as like a cure-all remedy and so they used it for Mm -hmm. like reducing pain and toothaches and putting it on wounds and stuff like that And it was, like, given as a gift Mm. to Christopher Columbus from the Native Americans, (laughs) and they all thought it had, like, magical healing powers and stuff like that. Hmm. That's interesting. I can see how they think that until they see the long-term effects. But I can see how how it would have been a wonder drug for relaxation and all sorts of things back in the day. Yeah, that's it. And so, like, once it got taken to Europe, everyone thought that it was, like, yeah, this like healthy remedy and everyone had to take their daily dose of tobacco and things like that. And obviously like the nicotine (laughs) and like, so once you start taking it, then you're going to keep wanting to take it. And that's just sort of how that chemical works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So in 1828, two chemistry students were the first ones to extract successfully the main active substance in tobacco called nicotine. Ah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I was like, then they were probably just whacking it in everything because you wouldn't like them. I'm assuming they didn't know the harmful effects of it at that point. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I think think about the the nicotine like patches and pills and all sorts of things they have these days. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's in 1828. And then in 1901, 3.5 3.5 billion cigarettes were sold in, sold in the US um, alone. So 3.5 billion wow. that year. That's so many. And so. That's crazy. Yeah. Then the first ever anti-smoking campaign was held and started by Nazi Germany and it was condemning the t- use of tobacco in 
1941. Do you know and for so, what reason? Like, did they say, like, what mm, their anti was? Like, or did they work out what the effects were? No, I think after that, just before I read, in 1930s, 30s, they started seeing an increase in lung cancer, and um, but it wasn't definitive of, like, what the reason was because that's also when there was heaps of industrialization so it could have been like pollution in the air also mm. but yeah so they started looking into it and noticing those you know the things we know now mm. and yeah they started going hang on a second <laughs> there's heaps of lung cancer and everyone's smoking and you know all of this sort of stuff and then I think yeah they were like the Nazi Germany, they were doing research in it as well and they were saying, you know, it's a sin to smoke and things like that. So, and then the last oh, fact that I want, Yeah, the last fact I wanted to mention was that in this website, and I'll put the link underneath in our description so people can have a look at it, it says in the 1920s a premium pack of cigarettes cost 15 cents per pack. That's so cheap. <laughs> it's no. like a dollar a cigarette now. Oh, it's more than that. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, 15 cents per pack. And, like, I get that there's, um, what's it called, where inflation? Inflation. Yeah. 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 So I get there's inflation with all of this, but 15 cents per pack. That's why people were just smoking so much. But anyway. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. Damn. Yeah. Very interesting. So those are my fun facts. And then the thing that I found that I was like, hang on a second, and I'll put this link down below for everybody so that they can have a listen. But it says it's from National Geographic and it's an article that says your next vaccine could be grown in a tobacco plant. And it's by Jess Craig and she wrote it July 8th, 2021, and it's talking about how scientists are starting to grow vaccines and their plant-based vaccines because at the moment there's no vaccines that are plant-based. And so it says mm. plant vaccines eliminate the need for bioreactors because they themselves are bioreactors. So they can be grown in climate-controlled pharmaceutical-grade greenhouses that keep out bugs and pests and do not require sterile conditions. And so if anyone's interested in having a read, it's a pretty interesting read. And so I'll link that below. I love how, like, recent that is. That's, like, as recent as a few days ago. Yeah, well, look, I'm not going to go into it because I don't want us to get um, flagged or anything, but it's talking about a very specific vaccine that it is targeted to, which Whatever is relevant. Whatever could it be? <laughs> which is relevant to right now. But, um, yeah, I'll Click make sure to put that out. in our description box so that um, if someone's interested, they can have a read because, um, Well, I'm yeah. interested. <laughs> All right, so those are my facts. That's what we know about tobacco, just a little bit of a taster. Very interesting. So you're yeah. up. What's up? <laughs> Beautiful. Well, mine, mine is definitely going to um, take you on a journey. So okay. <laughs> when I first started looking at it, I thought, I don't know what spinning is, but I somehow started thinking about that spinning wheel. When I started looking into it, the first thing that came up was actually spinning classes. And I was like, oh, that's what that word means. <laughs> so the first fact I've got for you is about spin classes. So interestingly enough, you can burn four to 600 calories in a 40-minute workout. 
And it says that the distance traveled, it depends on the cadence, which means basically um, like your wheel would have to rotate once. So if you're doing like 60 okay. RPM, it'd have to rotate 60 times in a minute, for example. If you're doing a cadence of 80 to 110 RPM, it's equivalent oh, yeah. to 24 to 32 kilometers on the road in a 40 minute class. Holy moly. I always look at this sort of stuff with cycling and I get that it's an efficient method of moving. Do you get what I mean? But yeah. like just the yeah. the length and distance that you can cross on cycling is just wild to me. Like 20 to 40 kilometers. And I, I think like hearing that, my knees and my joints are just like screaming, <laughs> being like, no. <laughs> and you know how in and you're in a dark room and someone's class. yelling at you and there's music. Yeah, and the spin classes, you the seats are just the worst thing ever. I remember my mum used to cycle a lot and she um, had to get her dad. Yeah, like they just did it as part of their fitness sort of thing. And um, they had to get like these specialised seats to try and help it not be as uncomfortable. And there's just that fitness I just personally don't have. Aspire to, but I just I can't. I can't I'm do it. I'm just not going to go out and buy a specific seat for my bike. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt myself on purpose. Yeah. Oh, so right. then I decided to take it somewhere else, and I did go back to the spinning wheels because I do think they're really interesting. And the reason that I find them interesting is because they are like the epitome of my childhood with all my Disney films. So I looked it up. What do you mean spinning by wheel spinning wheel? So, okay, well, my main example is Rumpelstiltskin. Do you remember he locked that girl away and she had to spin straw into gold? Do you remember that? Oh, you mean like sewing? Yeah, but they they like they basically make the, um, so right. this is kind of two facts into one, but they the machines are used to spin yarn into fibres. They would like make their own threads essentially and then they would do it on, I think yeah. it's called a loom, and then they would make clothes and stuff. So, I looked it up and the spinning wheel is actually a character and it's not, it's not meant to be a character, but I thought that was kind of funny in the Disney films. And it says it features in Sleeping Beauty, Tangled, Maleficent, Descendants, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and obviously Rumpelstiltskin, which I don't know is Disney or not. But I thought it's um, kind of interesting that they put it in so many of their films. So it's obviously, yeah. it's very obviously yeah. classic. Yeah, and I guess it would have been highly used. See, I wasn't even thinking of that when you were saying spinning wheels. I was thinking of game show. That's so funny. I should have gone down that path. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk like to a letter me or a vowel. Yeah, it's like I thought you were going to talk to me about the probability of spinning wheels and stuff. <laughs> like that's a stuff. Oh my goodness! Yeah, spinning wheels. Okay, so yeah, sewing. All yeah. right, I'm I'm on the same page. That's cool. Yeah. So they are obviously. They said that they're barely used now, and if they're used, they're pretty much just for hobbyists that like to take the long road, which I think is cool. I think it's cool that people still. Um, yeah. use them and they would make their own threads and all that. Um, yeah. But they said that they originated as far back as like 1,035 in Asia. Okay. And then the pictures of the machines emerged in the 1,200s in Europe, China, and Iraq, which is interesting. Oh. Um, because does, so I wonder if that's about, does silk need to be put into thread or is it already I, a thread? So I know how that works because way back when, they, I don't know if they still do, but they obviously use like silkworms. 
Yeah. And then I don't really know how they like collect that. It didn't mention silk, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Interesting. But I I I would like to know because I, I just don't know how they collect it from silkworms. And then I don't even know, surely they don't use silkworms anymore. Like surely that's not efficient. Well, then it wouldn't be true silk, would it not? No, but I don't think anything is these days. It's all fake. <laughs> Nothing's real. <laughs> fake Illuminati. <fake> <laughs> they never wear silkworms. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've taken you off track. Sorry. Oh, well, it's all right. I'm done with the spinning wheel. So now okay. I'm going to go into just the adjective of the word okay. spinning. <laughs> so <laughs> the earth rotates once every 23 hours, 53 minutes, and 4.09 seconds. Yes. So the interesting fact about this is the surface of the earth at the equator, moves at a speed of 460 metres per second or roughly 1,600 kilometres per hour, which I just thought was bonkers. Yeah, so fast. And, like, for the listeners at home, we are not flat earthers. We are under the impression that the earth is a of a spherical, spherical shape. <laughs> shape. <laughs> In case anyone was sitting here like, What? How could that happen? (laughs) What do you mean it spins? Is it a disc? (laughs) I wanted to know how fast it would have to spin to throw us off. So, okay. Did you find it? It turns out it would have, I did, which is strange, but, and I'm not even sure how you would work that out. You'd have to, I don't know. You'd have to be someone just has a very bad hobby of doing maths. Yeah. Doing some calculations and algorithms. So it works yeah. out that you'd have to be, like this, would have to be spinning at 28,437 kilometres per hour. It would have to spin once every 84 minutes to achieve that speed at the equator or about 17 times faster than it actually spins. But it was saying that if you move away from the equator, I'm not even sure if you would feel it happening, but if you move away from the equator, the central fusion force, so it's spinning, it's lowered. So you still wouldn't fly off into space at that speed. So yeah. I think you'd have to be sitting right on the equator, just expecting it, and then off you pop. Yeah, so that's interesting because that would mean that it would have to, like, oh, without sounding stupid, like defy the force of gravity, like the force and the momentum yeah. of you spinning would have to be more than the gravity force that's holding you onto the earth. Yeah. That's so Which interesting. Is interesting because, like, they're both strong forces. Yeah, and like seventeen times doesn't sound that big to me. Obviously, it is. No. And yeah. like, there's no way I'm going twenty eight thousand kilometers per hour or whatever. <laughs> like, that's what you I, think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just crazy. I thought it would be much faster. Does that make sense? Like I thought it would have to be. Yeah, because wow, I think, yeah, like you said, it would have to defy gravity and which is a good song if anyone's into uh, musicals. But <laughs> it would it would literally have to like throw you off into space, which in my mind doesn't even seem possible, but it obviously potentially is if yeah. the earth turns into like a slingshot. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. A- I love that someone's done the maths for me. Yeah, that's an obscure thought. Maybe instead of, you know, Virgin Airlines taking you to space, they just put a bit more energy into, like, spinning you off the globe or something, you know? (laughs) 
where there's a will, there's a way. We've got the maths. You can just shake things up a little. Do a, do yeah. a little spin and then we'll end up in like Asia or something. Imagine if someone was trying to like spin the earth and then we were all there like, oh, my God, like what is Jimmy up to again? And then we're all there trying to have a cup of tea and <laughs> like some person that's on the equator is just Hold like. Hold on to our ground. Yeah, that's it. That's so funny. That's my five. That is my fun fact. Five of the day. You have definitely um, outdone yourself in hitting every possible aspect of spinning. One day I will never hit the same topic. I'll find five different ones on the one topic. (laughs) And you're just like, here's like (laughs) 17 options of how you could interpret the (laughs) topic spinning. Would you like the class, the action, the adjective or the object? (laughs) (laughs) But none of them are a game show reference. All right, guys, that's it for us for our little quickie, some facts about tobacco and spinning this week. Join us next episode. We've got Holly's topic coming up, which is something to look forward to. Make sure you follow us on our socials. So we now have our Instagram page, which is tellmeaboutit underscore podcast, and our Twitter, which is at TMBI podcast. We'll pop those links in the bio below. Yeah, and make sure if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow so you get updated on all our content and our episodes which are coming out. So thanks for joining us. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Tell me about it.